It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. And Landon, we're going to be talking about some Cowboys issues. We watched the L22 last night. Uh, we got some good Twitter questions. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Um, this first one comes from Blex. He wants to know, is getting Tyrone Crawford back and Antoine Woods going to help the Cowboys run defense issues? Uh, they got Tyrone Crawford back last week. He, he didn't play a ton of snaps, but he did play. They think they might get Woods back this week. How much is that going to help? I think it's going to help. I mean, uh, I, I think if, it, if anything, it, maybe it allows you to consider putting Woods and Covington on the field at the same time in the middle of the field, and uh, you know, especially on – first and second downs, um, just because I, I feel like, you know, as good as Collins has been playing in, in, in the past, I just feel like he's had issues in the run, getting washed. Um, you know, I think there's it, it's difficult to, to have these linebackers, you know, stay clean while Collins is in the game playing three technique because he's so busy getting through the lane. And if he doesn't stay in his gap, which, you know, has been a problem for him, uh, there's, there, the guys are able to get through behind him as he's being pushed by, and by that time, offensive linemen are already on the second level. So, um, I, I think that, you know, they, yes, it will help, uh, uh, to get Woods back, but I also think that they need to kind of maybe look at the way that they're rotating these defensive linemen or, and see what's best for, you know, arranging them based on like you know game situation because I, I think there is there has been issues with the defensive tackle position, um, but I don't know that it's like just a lack of talent and nose tackle. I think that the issue has been uh, uh, at three technique as well. Uh, I think there's been good pass rush there, but I think there's been issues with with running stopping the run. Yes, yeah, so you agree with me that this is a three technique issue more than a one technique issue. I think right? it's uh, yeah, I think it's both together. But I I definitely think that that the spot where the most egregious run defense is play, being played is at three technique. Yes, and, and this is what concerns me about the future a little bit too. If you look at you know the Cowboys would like to have Tristan Hill be the successor to. Malik Collins, but Tristan Hill is kind of the same way, where he wants to get up the field and get to the passer. I'm not so sure that he's going to make your run defense better over the next couple of years. Am I wrong for being a little bit worried about that? Long-term? I think Tristan has more power to his game than than Collins does. Um, I think, especially, but I think Collins is more consistent. Well, yeah, right? but I mean, Tristan's a first year player. I mean, look, I, yeah, I don't think as far as this season goes, like counting on Tristan Hill 
to counting on Tristan Hill to be that guy, uh, to, to come in and take that job as a full-time three technique uh, is probably not the best strategy uh, at this point because mm-hmm. I think I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if, if he did develop into that, but uh, I don't. I don't know that you should count on it because defensive tackle is a position that's difficult to develop in the NFL, uh, especially your first year. Um, so I, I think that you know he's a good look towards the future. But if we're looking at what we're trying to do this year, the answers that we need for stopping the run, you know, starting next week, I think yeah, you, you got to look at what you've got. You know, I, you know, maybe maybe you look at what's available, but I think that this is a situation where if you're trying to solve the problem immediately, uh, you either need to align people differently or get some a, a couple of different guys off the street or uh, through a trade or something uh, to inject you know talent there because I, I just think it's it's not necessarily realistic to expect. Hill to develop in that way that quickly. I, I think. I think. I think. I think the problem yeah. is is that Collins has been a bit disappointing as a, as a run defender. That the, and that's the issue we've had. The calibration is that as good as he's been as a pass rusher, uh, he's had problems, you know, sinking his hips and and staying in place and not getting pushed out of his gap. All right. So. It, <laughs> I don't want to say there's like an ulterior motive here, but Malik Collins knows that he's a free agent after this year, right? Is there probably a little bit more of an incentive in his mind to get up the field and, and get after sacks, knowing that, you know, that's really what's going to get him paid is, uh, you know, being able to rush the passer? A- am I wrong for thinking I, that? Yeah, I mean, I... I, I, I I'm not saying that he's playing no, selfish but, but I, I'm not no, saying No, but beyond that. that, too, like... It, is there anybody on this team outside of maybe one or two other guys that you would – I mean, that's just not who Malik Collins is, right? I, I don't – yeah, I don't, but okay. But again, I'm not saying that he's a, a selfish player or that he's looking out for himself, but it has to be in the back of his mind that, hey, if he can put six sacks on tape, that's going to get him paid this offseason, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I look, I, I think that there's a way to I, – I don't think he's doing this on purpose. No, I just think he, I think okay. I, I, there may be a uh, a calculation in I I, I want to get my body more ready for pass rush than and not necessarily put yeah, put on the way, but and maybe right. that's a miscalculation because I don't think he's intentionally trying to like oh well I don't care about playing the run or whatever I, I don't that's not a, a value to me I, I think it's you know maybe maybe what you're saying is a miscalculation in, in trading as to like lower his weight to get him more explosive but not as much to be able to hold up he definitely looks thinner this year than we've seen him and he's getting off the ball a lot quicker so i mean i yeah. i i I'll, I'll i'll accept that for sure but i don't think this was a you know a a, a conscious it's effort, not a conscious yeah, effort yeah, to yeah, say yeah, 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 i agree to to not stop the run and just only no. get up the field okay I think that's at least at least a fair way to put that. Um, let's take a, a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll answer some more questions about the Cowboys' defense. You know, ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is I don't always know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they are your best bet this season. They have been in the business for years. They have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash and win big today. 
I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me in the past, and that's why I'm urging you guys to make your way to my bookie. You win and they pay. It's that simple. They have in-game live betting, the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet on the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each week. If you join now, MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when creating your account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, this next one comes from fake Stephen Jones. Uh, why doesn't Rod Marinelli's defense create very many turnovers? Uh, I posted a stat yesterday. Since 2015, uh, the Cowboys have 37 interceptions. Uh, just to kind of compare that to some other teams, Chicago, I believe, had 27 last year. New England already has 11 interceptions this year. Uh, the Cowboys have 11 total over the last two years, if you count the playoffs. Uh, why is why is this team struggling so much to take the ball away? I think, you know, I mean, look, turnovers are largely random, you know. And I think that a lot of that... It can be, you know, a, I think you could tie some of that to, uh, uh, you know, whether you're playing a lot of man versus a lot of zone. The Cowboys play, you know, quite a bit of zone, which usually promotes more interceptions, more turnovers. Uh, you know, I think, I, I, I wish I had a better answer. I just feel like a part of it is the ball not bouncing the way that they want. Part of it is, is just being in a position to make the play and then not finishing the play. Um, you know, I, I I just think it's 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 pro- I I don't have a good answer. I don't know that anyone could give you a good answer because I do honestly believe that turnovers are largely random. I think that the Cowboys do the requisite things that they need to in order to put themselves into position to make the play. I just think oftentimes, you know, it's a combination of them not making the plays that are there at times, and then also just not the b- ball not bouncing that way. You know, like the ball just not, like just not bouncing the way it needs to for the, 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 the fumble luck or whatever you want to call it, not bouncing his way. So I think that there's, they have a hand in it. I, I'm not going to deny that. I think that they, there's times when, you know, the Jeff Heath situation, he's not looking at the ball. I think that there's times when they will sacrifice a pass deflection to confirm the denial of the ball as opposed to, you know, going for the interception. But I think that it, it it's, I would say it's more about luck than it is about a lack of skill there. I, I would I would say. I, I certainly think turnovers are lucky. I think we've shown that you know over the course of the NFL. You know, the, the NFL is just it's not realistic to count on getting thirty turnovers every single year. But I do think there are ways that you can help improve your odds to create turnovers. Uh, one of the things that I've noticed over the last couple of weeks is that the Cowboys have a lot of air in their defense. And what I mean by that 
it's pretty easy for teams to get six, seven, eight yards whenever they want because what Dallas is ultimately trying to do is play a bend but don't break style defense. They don't want to give up a lot of big plays. They want to force teams to put together 10 and 12 play drives. But when you watch other defenses such as Chicago and New England, they're basically daring you to throw the ball down the field. They're playing right up into the quarterback's face. You'll see sometimes eight, nine guys near the line of scrimmage. You can definitely get burnt more often that way, but it does seem like it creates more chaos at the line of scrimmage, which turns into forced fumbles and interceptions. I just think the Cowboys are playing a style of defense that's not going to create a ton of turnovers. Uh, does that? Do you agree with that statement? No, I mean, I, I don't think that's just... Uh, yes, I do agree with the statement. I, I don't think that that's uh, wrong. I think that you know they are more trying to slow down and prevent points. I think that's more of a focus than creating volatility. And, 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 you know, I mean, I think that's about the kind of complementary football that they're trying to play. You know, they're trying to shorten the game and, and, and allow you and not allow you opportunities. And, and, you know, if you want a good example of how that works, go look what the Packers did to the Cowboys on Sunday. You know, I, they basically yeah. shortened the game by getting uh, Aaron Jones out there, shortened opportunities, uh, uh, and 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 by the time they went up as much as they did, they could just sit back and and, and allow Dallas to try to score points. Though Dallas was scoring probably at a rate that they weren't comfortable with up until the end of the game, uh, but I, I think that you know it's it's effective to force the uh, another team to play with one dimensional and then. Just sit back and make them earn all of it. Make them earn every scrap while also playing from behind. That that adds desperation, and then that's when the turnovers happen. But you know, I think that that's when they're they're hoping the turnovers happen is when the other team's pressing, and and it just hasn't happened as much that way so far. I agree. Uh, let's go ahead and go to this question from Alex. Uh, after Cheeto Awuzie's performance so far this season. How important is it to find a way to, for the Cowboys to re-sign Byron Jones? So basically, Alex wants to know, because Ouzier has not played up to the level that many have thought, uh, is it a, an absolute must that the Cowboys re-sign Byron this offseason? I mean, I think that they should try to f- re-sign Byron Jones, but I, I kind of like, I disagree in general that Cheeto's been bad. Like, I don't, I don't think that, like, he's been so terrible that you are like, oh, like, look how bad Cheeto Awuzie is. we got to sign Byron Jones. Like, I, you know, I don't know Byron Jones, especially his last few games, has been so much better than Cheeto, like, Awuzie. You know, like, I think I think he did a, a, a job on, on early on, but I don't know. Like, I, I just think that Cheeto's getting – gets look, I, I think Cheeto gets a lot of attention because people don't want to throw to Byron. And, and sure. so yeah. – and I think that even – again, I'll say it again – I, I know what bad cornerback two play looks like. And, and, and if you're old enough, you remember it too. It, it doesn't look like this. It, the guys look like they're wide open running free. I still see Awuzie challenging passes constantly, you know, like in, 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 in the realm of the in, in position to make the play. Um, What's the best example of uh, a bad cornerback two when you've had a cornerback one? Is that like when Kevin Smith was coming back yeah. from his – was it ankle injury, Achilles oh, injury? That, you don't have to go back that far. I mean, geez, it's like any I mean, time in the mid. That's a that's a good example. Though, the mid, right? in the mid two thousands will work. I mean, yeah, like I, I think, you know, there was times when, uh, 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 yeah, I mean, 
there were multiple different times where they had guys who they thought were solid number twos that you know couldn't um, that that couldn't like get in the same vicinity of of second of wide receiver twos that were on opposite teams. Like I, I and I think the yeah. thing is too is that you know, they're trying to. The, the Cowboys don't move these guys either. Like, so, like, that's the other thing to consider. So, like, they just basically play their side. So, Cheeto's facing number one wide receivers at a rate that's a much higher than, I guess, another defense that would have their their uh, best corner travel with a player. You know what I'm saying? So, he's facing mm-hmm. a, a higher quality of player than the average second cornerback. I don't know. I, I just think he's a good he's a good player against the run. He he, he challenges the pass. I think Cheeto's not a bad uh, starter. I, I I like him as as a cornerback too, personally. Yeah, I like him too. It's just man, there's so many plays that are just kind of dumb luck where the ball is placed perfectly and just out of the reach of Cheeto, and it's just it's unfortunate because he could be having a even much better season than what than what I think he's having. Um, let's go to this next question. Uh, this one is from again at Fake Stephen Jones. I like this one a lot. Landon, if you were the the Cowboys GM starting right now, what would be the first move that you would be you would make as the active GM? Would it be putting a player maybe into the starting lineup? Would it be trying to trade somebody? What what would you do if you're the Cowboys GM? Um, I personally, I, I mean, I personally, I mean, I I have a different difference of opinion. And I would at least want to have a serious talk with with Rod Marinelli about about the defensive tackle spot. I think, just because like I, I think at, at some point yeah. you, it feels like you've got to have that guy, and um, and maybe you need to swing big to get a, get this guy. I don't know, like, but I, I just feel like y- you've got a lot of talent on the outside right now, um, but this defense is built to have talent on the inside. And so if you don't have kind of the player that is supposed to be the, the the tone setter inside that won't, you know, that's clogging things up in the run game and pr- pressing the pocket in the pass game, I think you have a couple guys who can press the pocket in the pass game. But I just don't know that you've got a, a, a guy who is wrecking blocking schemes the way you need to uh, in the middle of this defense. That might be the first thing I would look at. Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's some names out there that I know people have thrown out. Geno Atkins is an interesting one because he's still playing at a high level on a bad team. Uh, he has no guaranteed money after this season. Uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some other names out there. I mean, uh, Gerald McCoy was a guy I liked this offseason. I, obviously, I don't think Carolina's trading him now. Uh, the one that I would be interested in, and I, I've mentioned him kind of briefly on this podcast before, but Maurice Hurst. Uh, that's the guy who's playing backup snaps in Oakland because uh, they have Jonathan Hankins and P.J. Hall there. Still a really good player, had a good game for Oakland this week. Uh, it might cost you a little bit more than what it, it did to get him at the draft because he's on a rookie contract and he's playing well. But Maurice Hurst, I think, is a guy that could come in here and, and stop the run right, right away for the Cowboys. So uh, I'll be interested to see if they make a move at defensive tackle uh, over the next couple weeks. Um, Landon, this next question... Uh, comes from Ethan. He wants to know about the Cowboys linebackers. What are teams doing to attack them? Because it's pretty clear, you know, from the Rams playoff game on, 
that we haven't seen Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith playing anywhere near the level that we saw, you know, midway through the season or even later in the season. What are teams doing to attack Van Der Esch and Leighton? Or Van Der Esch and Jalen, excuse me. Well, first of all, I mean, I, I think that – I mean, I, I, I don't know that they've been all, all been playing consistently bad this whole time. I think that – I think that Jalen played actually okay last game. Um and I thought Van Der Esch played well yeah, before. Yeah. So it is one yeah. of those things that seems like they're rotating yeah. back. Well, and I think here's the other part of the problem is that, again, a lot of it kind of goes back to, uh, like, for Van Der Esch, it's, he needs to, he needs to collect himself when he comes to tackle. Like, he's been overrunning plays at a rate that was surprising to me. Um, and that's, I've seen that now a, a lot. And I think, he he he's not playing with great balance right now. It feels like he's so. I, I think that's been his issue at times. With with Jalen, uh, you know, I think a lot of Jalen's issue is that he's been made to look bad at times because defensive linemen are being pushed out of their gaps, and now he's having to defend two gaps. There were several different times when I felt like the linemen in front of the, him basically gave up their gap, and now Jalen has to play his gap and the, the defensive lineman's gap. Uh, and it's just, that's that's not how this defense works. I just don't know that they've been very, I just don't know that the defense in general has been very sound, um, gap sound. And I think that that's made a lot of the linebackers look poor. And again, I, I also think that there's too many people getting cleanly to the second level to, to attack these linebackers. Uh, and, and I think that that's, you know, part of it, they, they, they need that, to, yeah. you know, get rid of, they need to, like, get off the blocks a little bit better. But at the same time, like, this defense isn't necessarily made for them to be taking on blocks, stacking, shedding. Like, I see a lot of people like, why aren't they stacking, shedding, blah, blah, blah. Because really, they're not supposed to be. They're supposed to be getting, like, getting past these guys, getting to the ball, flowing to the ball. I, I feel... Leighton expects yeah, late. Van Der Esch should, should Van, be clean. Yeah, Van Der Esch should be you know, keeping clean and not even taking on linemen head-on. Like, when, when he's having good technique as far as engaging linemen, it's when he's gotten underneath the, the linemen on one side and he's pressing, pushing back, you know, against the offensive linemen and, and containing the run. I, I think that there's, you know, times when he's t- taking them head-on and that's just... You know, that's not what, the way it's supposed to be happening. You need to be beating these offensive linemen to the spot and, and, and making them chase you, not waiting for them to come to you and then, you know, absorbing their block. I agree. It, it's a complicated problem because, you know, you obviously have you have athletic linebackers and the goal is to keep them off of blocks, but you have an athletic defensive front that wants to get up the field. Uh, I, I don't know what the, well, what the and solution the, the, the is first right level now. Defend, defenders like there's too many tackles being missed by the defensive linemen. That's the other part is that if you're I not going to yeah. get the guys off, if you're not going to keep the guys off the linebackers, if they're going to if they're going to get past you and get get to the second level, then you at least better be making the tackle on the run play and and making it so that they, the block never even matters. But if you're not and you're, and you're letting your guy get to the second level. Uh, you know, it's it, more than half of it is on you, on the, of the defensive line. I agree. All right, last question uh, from at Death Craven. He asks, is Jason Garrett really safe? 
Um, are Jerry and Stephen Jones giving the, the giving the fans owner speak when it comes to how hot his seat is getting? Uh, Stephen Jones went on 105.3 The Fan today and said that Stephen is not, or excuse me, that Jason is not on the hot seat. Uh, do you believe that, Landon? Does he have a contract for next year that I'm not aware of? Like, I don't understand this. I don't no, understand I don't. this talking point. It, it's like he he doesn't have a contract for the next year. Like, he's not getting fired. He's not getting fired. You know. Like, you know, mid-season, or I, I would be surprised. He certainly isn't getting fired for losing for being three and two. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I just it's it's there's, we're five games into the season, and we still have a winning record despite as much as bad as things seem right now. Uh, I just think that, he, yeah, he he does have an incredibly hot seat. He doesn't have a contract for next year, so he's playing for his job. I think that's pretty clear. I don't know. How much, I don't know how much people want to artificially raise the stakes other than he doesn't have a job for next year. So what, let, let's kind of really quickly break that down. What do you think he needs to do in order to, to, to get a contract extension for I, mean, I think year? all the things that we talked about, like, I think it's, it's, we gotta see it when we get, see it when we see it. You know, it's, I would say it's gotta be a combination of playoffs plus a victory plus, uh, you know, I would say NFC Championship game, or you know, uh, 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 or at least if there's extenuating circumstance that is involved there, I, I, I just think that it's hard, it's it's difficult, and it's but playoffs playoffs are definitely the goal, right? He has to make the playoffs. We both agreed to, to save his job, right? But, I mean, I, again, I think if like Dak gets hurt week ten and can't play the rest of the season, and they were on their way. Maybe he gets another chance. I think that there are circumstances, but yes, generally speaking, I would say, yeah, at very at the very minimum playoffs. If this team is healthy, playoffs isn't enough. You know, they need and relatively yeah, healthy. Yeah, right? if, like let's yeah, say you have you have th- four of your starting five offensive linemen going into the playoffs, and you have most of your starting defense. That's relatively. Yeah, healthy, I would. Right? I, I, I would be shocked if if Garrett came back. And this team wins eight games and they're yeah. healthy. You yeah, know what I mean? I agree. All right. It's going to be a, a fun, what, next, how many weeks do we have? 11 weeks yeah. left of the season. It's flying by. But uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.